0: Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass.
1: From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge time.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The university is a place of learning where scholars do research and impart their wisdom to students through lectures and courses. But with all those smart people walking around, sometimes great ideas emerge from the ivory towers of academia that are quite unrelated to one's field of study or area of expertise. Sometimes, those are the best ideas with wide-ranging practical applications. With me today to discuss this is Manos Hachopoulos, a professor of physics and astronomy at LSU who, like a lot of folks on the LSU campus, got fed up trying to find a parking space. So, like a smart professor, he came up with a parking app, ParkZen, that uses smart crowdsourcing technology to track and connect users with available parking in their vicinity right down to the exact spot. You could think of it like a ways for Parking and Manos wants to market that to organizations with heavy traffic and parking needs like college campuses and shopping malls. At the moment, he's partnering on the app with LSU. And he's not only making life easier for his colleagues and students on campus, it's getting him noticed in the entrepreneurial community. The ParkZen app took first place in the 2022 Baton Rouge Entrepreneur Week pitch competition, which earned Manos $100,000. He is a native of Greece who came to the U.S. for his master's and doctorate. He is a computational astrophysicist specializing in supercomputer simulations of supernova and massive stellar evolution. So if we cover everything with Park Zen, we can talk about outer space. So like a black, parking
3: is like a black hole anyway. So <laughs>
2: There you go. <laughs> At the table with me and Manos is David Price, founder of the Safety Pouch, a sort of high-visibility wallet that drivers use to present their identification to police officers during traffic stops. The brilliance of the bright orange pouch is that it's easy for a driver in a traffic stop to grab it off the sun visor, snap it on the window, and keep their hands in plain sight the whole time. Coming to the market during the Black Lives Matter movement, the pouches were aimed at demonstrating cooperation and cutting down on dangerous, sometimes deadly, misunderstandings. It's the right idea at the right time, and there are a couple of things that make David's story really interesting. For one, he is still a college student at Loyola in New Orleans and was just a sophomore when he conceived of his idea. What's more, in the fall of 2021, David successfully pitched Walmart on his product which ordered 15,000 pouches to sell in their stores. David, it's a great story and so impressive to have oh, you thank here you. with us. Thanks so much and what a fun group. Manos, let's let's start with the park zen. How did the idea come about? Was it like a long time frustration as you drive around the LSU campus or one day did it just hit you or
3: Yeah, I love that story. So <laughs> I'm somebody who's obsessed with uh, efficiency. Um, I love and I value my time. I believe time is the most valuable asset we all have. And before joining LSU, I lived at, uh, at in Chicago in, in the Hyde Park area, the University of Chicago, where nice. parking congestion is pretty bad. So, I would spend 20 minutes at least circling around the block in the you know middle of Chicago winter. Being originally from Greece, before that I was in Texas. I was not used in temperatures below 30 or 40 <laughs> Fahrenheit degrees. So having to Look for parking and then walk three blocks in that call to get to where I need to be was a frustration for me. So I thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. And that's where the idea, the seeds of Parkinson were born in my mind. So
2: it was really Chicago that forced this and not frustration at LSU.
3: That was the first time. Well, it's frustration at LSU too, but that was the first time the idea was born. But it came to fruition upon moving here because uh, after I was hired as a professor here at LSU, I realized that... uh, Universities and campuses like LSU really are a target market for this. Mm-hmm. There's a high demand for parking. There's a lot with enrollment off the roof for LSU this year. we got way more students on a campus than parking spaces. And having advanced knowledge of where parking is available is really something that can help students get to their class early, get to professors to get to their meetings early, and keep everybody happy and away from frustrations.
2: Such a great idea. Well, we're going to come back to that. But, David, I want to bring you into the conversation because your are idea- Idea is so it's so unique. It's such a niche product, but like I said in your introduction, something that really came along at the right time. So when did this idea come to you?
1: Yeah, you know, I really kind of first got the idea for the safety pouch when I was 16. I had just gotten my first car, and before my parents gave me the keys to my car, they sat me down. And they had the talk with me. And for those who aren't aware, it's just a conversation on the dos and don'ts uh, when dealing with police officers. And during that conversation, um, they just kept really honing in on the fact, you know, don't reach out of sight of the officer. If you have to reach, make sure the officer knows where you're reaching and exactly what you're reaching for. And at that moment, I was just thinking, you know, I wish there was a product out there to help facilitate these interactions to prevent active reaching. And I did some research to see if there was anything like it. And um, after doing some, I couldn't really find any products that I liked or I thought was safe for both parties to interact with. So in my mind, that's kind of when I came up with the idea for the safety pouch.
2: That is so interesting. And you hit on a really, I think, important part that maybe our listeners aren't even aware of. Maybe older people um, or people of a different background who Mm -hmm. never realized that it's an issue in a traffic stop that you really do have to watch where your hands are all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's a shame that here in America, I mean, especially a lot of black drivers, they're extremely aware of this, you know. We all grew up seeing it in the media. We grew up hearing the stories from our parents, our uncles, aunts, everyone. Um, you know, traffic stops has oftentimes been deadly encounters for us.
2: And so the idea was born, and you were yeah. just your first, second year when you yeah. were in high school. You said. yeah, really? it
1: was um, just the kind of an idea I had while I was in high school, and it didn't come into fruition until I made it to college, and an uh, um, intro to business course.
2: Wow. So I want to hear from both of you how you took these brilliant ideas. Mm-hmm based on on your lived experience and turned them into reality. Manos, what was step one for you?
3: Well, step one for me was to uh, sit down and use my background in data analytics, uh, machine learning, which is a lot of things we do in my field. Most people think we're just looking through the eyepiece of a telescope, but we're using computers, supercomputers, and programming to do the most advanced kind of science today. So I wanted to sit down and basically see what can I produce that can uh, figure out when somebody's parking in a spot or leaving a spot in real time without asking, you know, without having them actively say it uh, by pressing a button or anything like that. So that's when uh, I really came up with uh, the first version of my algorithm, which is using machine learning in the background to post-process your uh, smartphone's uh, Bluetooth connectivity, as well as accelerometer, speedometer, all their little devices that you have in your phone to basically understand in real time whether you parked or not and broadcast that information to other people looking for parking to help them get there.
2: So it doesn't require on um, it doesn't require the user, for instance, to push a button like with Waze, is there still, you know, a car stalled on the shoulder of the road and you have to say yes or no it is automatically like downloading Correct. your phone's yeah. information. Once you're
3: part of our ecosystem, we like to use the tagline, the democratization of parking, because the more people we have on it, the more data you have on the map, the more you can help your fellow parkers at LSU find a parking spot. So once you're part of that ecosystem, then you're automatically generating this parking information for everybody else. And also, uh, you know, our application is one way to get there, but we also have a, an API, as we call it, like a, a feature, we can plug our application into an existing app. So LSU mobile for example has already has the users 20000 25000 users once you plug into that you have the critical mass that you need to offer that service
2: wow and people have to get permission for their location for this to work, or it just automatically. I
3: love that question because privacy is at the core of what we're trying know, to do. We don't, uh, <laughs> we don't we don't want to seem like the company that tracks people or anything like that. So you do have to provide location permissions, but we only need those to understand whether you're close to campus via technology that's called geofencing. So we basically set up a geofence around campus, and that's where that's the only area that we cover in terms of parking. So you get close to there. We just need your location to understand where you park, where you leave a spot to help other drivers find parking. But that's not linked to you as a person or to your car or to your name or to your, any personal identification. We only kill about three numbers, um, uh, latitude, longitude, and time when parking spots are generated. So nothing with regards of your location history or your vehicle information, nothing like that comes to us.
2: Wow. So interesting. David, your turn. What was, when did you get to take your safety pouch concept? Mm-hmm. And, and begin to build out a prototype and, and pitch it to people.
1: Yeah. You know, first we started seeking validation just from everyday drivers, just listening to their concerns as well as police officers. And, and, and who was we? You we, and... You know, when I say we, I think of myself okay. and my team that was behind me. So you had uh,
2: friends? Yes, or friends and
1: family members helping throughout the process with reaching out to different uh, drivers and just police officers and just... Listening to what they felt as if they needed to feel safe during those interactions. And from there, we kind of were able to build out the idea of what the safe pouch will look like and how it would work. And from there, we met with a designer to really start designing the pouch really? and get it to its mass production stage. And so just from listening to drivers and officers and finding exactly what each party needed and wanted... During, during those interactions, um, that's what allowed for a successful launch with the safety pouch.
2: So so describe for our listeners wh- what does it look like? I'm looking yeah. at a picture so of I like it. like to say
1: remarks. it looks like a very highly fluorescent orange wallet with a clip on the back that the you that allows you can, the uh, inside you can store your driver's license, insurance card, uh, registration, any permits such as a concealed weapons permit inside the pouch and once all your information is preloaded, you can simply store it on your sun visor. That way it's easily accessible in the event of a traffic stop. And in the event you actually are pulled over during that traffic stop, all you would simply have to do is remove the pouch off the visor, roll down your window halfway, and slide the pouch on the window. And now you can keep your hands attended to the entire time while interacting with the officer.
2: So such a great idea. And I want to go back to something that you said because mm-hmm. you were like, you know, we started talking about it. I mean, did you go into the kitchen one day and say, "Mom, I've got this great idea," or "Dad, yeah. what do you think about this?" Who was the first person you pitched to this?
1: Yeah. Uh, so initially I initially started working on it. Um, like I said, I came up with an intro to business class. It was a project, and uh, just kind of in that project, you know, we had to pitch it to our class. Mm-hmm. And my professor, she loved it. She was really the first person that gotcha. really approved of the pouch and gave me like the push I needed to get started with it. So once I kind of had the validation from my professor, I went to my parents like, "Hey, I have this." idea and um you know my professor she's a big fan of it and they're like yeah you always say you have an idea because you know (laughs) all of us have million dollar ideas that we like to say sometimes and we never go through with it uh so I think this was like kind of one of those moments for them up until like they really saw me taking it serious and people were actually starting to buy it and we were getting a lot of celebrity attention and at that point they were like oh wait you know he might actually have something on his hands here
2: really really impressive and that orange is made out of what kind of material? Yeah, it's a is ballistic
1: it? nylon. It's nice. very, very uh, durable okay. material.
2: Manos, back to you now. So we've got this great concept. You've got people on board. You're working out the algorithms. You've got the, the prototype of the technology right. in your mind. Uh huh. And so then what... Did you get LSU on board next, or yeah, did you have to so raise, start raising money at that point, or what?
3: I think LSU was the first step. Uh, being there, being a professor there, uh, I got to approach the LSU Department of Parking and Transportation. And we're lucky to have leaders there that are forward-thinking and they're always looking for new solutions to implement to campus to modernize the infrastructure and the transportation parking experience for LSU students. You're so, a smart politician as well, uh, well as a smart-ass <laughs> right? So I had their ear. And, um, uh-huh. and, you know, that's the thing about being at the universities. You have so many resources that sometimes you don't use for innovation. And that's where I also met my brilliant GPA CTO, uh, who took that concept and turned it into an application. So your
2: CTO, your chief technology officer? He's
3: a senior at computer science at LSU, originally from Ethiopia. An
2: undergrad? Yes. Impressive.
3: Yeah, he's a very brilliant guy. Okay. great to have on board. And... And the parking and transportation was really excited about this idea, and uh, they said, yeah, let's pilot test it at the law school to begin with. So we just deployed everything for the four lots around uh, the School of Law, Mm -hmm. and we got some positive feedback, and then we expanded from there. We got Mike the Tiger involved, and we had promotional video with... uh, With mascot, my mascot, sewing our product, and
2: so was LSU funding these sort of pilot efforts, or did you have to raise money, or what?
3: There was no need for funding at this point because we built everything in house. We were really our human hours and our work and our labor is what built this. We didn't have to at this point pay anyone. You know, Mm -hmm. we're or equal. Shares of this technology, the people involved in this, Haron has a third stake okay. uh, in this technology, and uh, and then basically after that, we took part in the Baton Rouge Entrepreneurship Week, yes. um, and that's where the, we really took off after this. We and that like was the in the one. fall
2: of 2021. Yeah,
3: March 2020.
2: Yeah. Oh, March, March 2022. 2020, uh, earlier this year. So March 20. So just right, March 2022. Oh yeah, a few 22. months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all of this requires that users download the app.
3: Or they simply are part of the LSU mobile app, you know. So okay. that's uh, that's really the sauce, the secret sauce of our technology is that uh, we need to put the crowd in crowdsourcing, uh, like ways does. And the way you do this is by embedding our technology into applications with existing user base, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we're going after: integrating our APIs. Interesting, so, yeah. and that,
2: thats where that whole privacy thing comes in again, yeah. right? But people know when they're participating in it. Yeah. Doesn't like, it's not like a oh, secret. They, oh, they—oh,
3: absolutely, they know, right? and the, you know, this is part of the LSU uh, brand and the okay. LSU umbrella. So.
2: And they're probably very proud of it.
3: Yeah, I think they are. So far, okay. so good. We got a grant from LSU Board of uh, uh, Supervisors uh, as well, so we got some extra funds to help us with our business development.
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Manos Hachopoulos of Park Zen and David Price of the Safety Pouch. David, was being a, an undergraduate, 18, 19 year old student, and was did that make it hard to, you know, raise the money to get the prototype built and? Yep.
1: Yeah. It, it definitely did. You know, Alex, my age, it definitely came as a factor of people taking me serious. Um, and it was to the point, you know, when you initially start, you don't really have a lot that you can show that you can do this. You know, all I had was myself to rely on. So I completely bootstrapped the safety pouch from the very beginning on my own. Um, and you know, we got to the point where we were able to get celebrity endorsements from the likes of Beyonce, Tina Lawson. Viola Davis.
2: Okay, back up. How did this happen? I missed this <laughs> it, part of the story. It really kind of
1: all happened organically. Um, you know, initially we got Miss Tina Lawson as Beyonce's mom, and she was really the first person to give us a platform.
2: Did you, like, email her, well, or no, she it, saw you it. on social media? She
1: or just, or yeah, she just discovered it. Uh, she posted about us, and then from there someone on her team reached out, and from there we got a, uh, an interview schedule with her, and she uh, interviewed us on her Instagram Live just to share this more about- This
2: was Beyonce or Beyonce's mom? Beyonce's mom. Okay. Yeah
1: is very hard to get to. But, they um, have
2: a New Orleans connection, don't they? Yeah, Miss,
1: Miss Tina, I believe she was born in Galveston, but I know they visited, and I know their family in New Orleans, yeah, too. Yeah, they have family here. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, okay.
1: Yeah, but Miss Tina, she really gave us a platform we needed to succeed, and from there, you know, Beyonce saw it, and she posted us on her website, and that really just, like, kind of gave us the funds we need just from all those sales to continue to grow and expand to the point of where we are now
2: so was this before the walmart pitch or this was before this okay before so that was my next question you pitched Mm -hmm. to walmart was that through like a student competition or or just it was just kind
1: of reaching out and just seeing if there was any interest and walmart had some interest in it and just kind of in those meetings you know it's a bit nerve-wracking for anyone but you know for me at my age you know i didn't really know much about the retail space at the time and so it was really just a learning process and i'm just grateful walmart really took a chance on me and it's it's been a successful launch
2: and and there was an interesting story there that i read that this was right after hurricane ida in Mm -hmm. the fall of 21 and your pitch was going to be on zoom and like you didn't have internet or almost didn't have internet yeah it it was the
1: day right after ida hit i believe and um i had my meeting with walmart and i had no internet we had no wi-fi we had no uh power or anything you know Thankfully, we had a generator, so it kind of gave us the light we needed, but you know, it was still the connection issue. And just like somehow, like five minutes before my meeting, I was able to get a hotspot connection on my phone and I was able to get it to my computer and join the Zoom. I made Walmart, the buyers aware just kind of everything that was going on. They were like, and you still made it to the meeting? I was like, I was going to make it here regardless. So, you know, a lot the of stars stuff went wrong. Were aligning, yeah. But we, we, it we made it in the end.
2: Fantastic. And, and I, I I suppose when somebody like Walmart places mm-hmm. an order for thousands of your product, it's it's a good you know, problem to have, but yeah. it is a problem. So I want to know how you managed to scale up for that. But, Manos, tell me, so your product is going great now. I mean, the app, it's in use at LSU. What about other places where you're looking to scale up? Have you pitched other universities or communities or what? Where do you go from here?
3: Absolutely. Actually, just yesterday we came back from a big campus parking transportation association meeting that took place in College Station, Texas. As it turns out, Texas A&M, uh, I know they're big rivals to us at football, but they also have amazing parking operations. They're the number one parking operation in, on, on a campus in the United States, 36,000 spaces on campus. Wow, that's um, a lot of cars. And we were there as a vendor, and we got to meet with a lot of university parking directors. LSU was there as well, uh, and we got to actually make some great connections, and we're going to set up some demos over the next few weeks with uh, seven other universities, so great so that's how we, we target the university space to begin with but we also work with other companies in the parking space we integrate we like to call ourselves frenemies we're not quite quite competitors because what we have is different than what they offer and together we can aggregate that data and information make parking more efficient for everyone seems
2: like like a shopping center would be a good well was
3: I was I, I <laughs> gonna ask David to give me a, a you know introduction <laughs> with Walmart maybe they can integrate it with the Walmart app <laughs> That will be great
2: right retail spaces would right. be one good app. and what about like just on a city street because it's like when you're downtown mm. and you're circling and circling because you have to yeah. run into a building or something. But you need the municipality to cooperate with you, presumably, for something like that? Yeah, it depends on the
3: municipality. Actually, when the idea was first born in Chicago, that was the vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, we quickly found out from a business perspective it made more sense to move into a B2B kind of model where we work with big organizations instead. But this is kind of like the long-term vision for for my company. If we do get enough partnerships up and we do get enough integrations up, all these people will be parking not just on campus necessarily, but uh, in downtown areas and shopping malls and other areas where parking is heavy. And we can aggregate all that information for public parking in the future as well. We want to become the database for real life, uh, real time parking information out there and offer this service to, uh, to help people everywhere, regardless.
2: What, who is going to be doing the astrophysicist research if you're running the parking app company? I mean, well, is this going to be your new? Your new full-time job, or are you gonna
3: juggle? I would like to say I have two full-time jobs now. You know, like Elon Musk. You know, he. I get four hours or five hours of sleep every night, but I really enjoy what I do. <laughs> yeah. I still have to run my group at LSU. I have a, a great group. Uh, two postdocs, uh, three graduate students. Uh, there's still work coming out of that, and I, I love what I do. Uh, so, so far at this stage we're at, I think I think I can jangle both. Yeah. You know, I can take care of both. So.
2: Well, that's good. David, so we were you were telling us about Walmart, you get the gig with them. They ordered how many pouches?
1: Fifteen thousand. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And
2: at the time how many were you producing?
1: At the time at most, at like once we would probably do around five thousand units and then that would probably last us about four or five months.
2: And so you have to you have to triple basically. Yeah. So how did
1: you do it? I really don't know. <laughs> Thinking back to it, um, you know, when we got the confirmation order i got in touch with the factory and let them know like hey walmart's gonna place We think we can get this done in um about three months and they was like yep we got it and then around about a month in that was when shanghai i think i think shanghai we get the products made in china uh they went on lockdown and so that affected us with getting materials so that put us behind about a month so we were no longer able to do our sea shipping, so now we had to go for air shipping, which was about four times more expensive. So our shipping quote went up from like ten thousand up to like forty-something thousand dollars for shipping, and uh, that really affected my budget, obviously. And um, then finally, we got to the point where the products were done and ready to be shipped, and in Russia and Ukraine happened, and the price of oil skyrocketed, so now our shipping went up from forty thousand to fifty-five thousand once again our budget was demolished again and somehow you know with the help of my family um they we got the additional funding we needed to get you know the products shipped uh, over here to us and at that moment that's when I really realized how much 15,000 units were because <laughs> for me like the past nine months it was nothing but numbers in the email and finally when it came in on a truck I was like I don't think this is going to fit in my house, <laughs> and so we. So got, you don't
2: have a warehouse. No, we. Way,
1: I was still yeah. running out the house because it was still small operation. I was and still able to. When you
2: say out at the house, you mean your parents' yeah, house. Yeah, my parents' house.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? I still <laughs> live at home. That's how I've been able to grow so. Yeah, no, that's great. Save all yeah. my money, but um, yeah. So we finally got everything into the house, and we had to assemble fifteen thousand boxes, wow. uh, four hundred and thirty displays, and package all of them and get them all labeled to be shipped out within the course of five days. Because, like cool. I said, our deadline. got pushed back a lot due to the, everything happening in China and elsewhere. And uh, we finally we got it all done within five days after literally staying up for probably 20 hours every single day. And, um, you know, we got it done.
2: And and are they selling?
1: Yes, they, they're selling. We actually got another uh, order another from Walmart.
2: 15,000
1: or more? It's a bit more, but you know, oh, it's a secret. Great. I can't say too okay. much about it.
2: Okay. And the distribution is throughout the area? Just Louisiana? Gulf it's South? It's nationwide. 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 Awesome. That's really exciting. So, so y'all were both like, you know, you're a student, Manos. You're a professor. You sort of have your short-term, at least, trajectory in front of you, and then all of a sudden, wow, huge business entrepreneurial success. Um, was it difficult, Manos, despite your expertise in your subject area, to learn, like, you know, the the ropes in terms of running a, a business, a startup?
3: Yeah, it was definitely a lot of a learning curve involved because being in academic space and academia is a completely different world yeah. compared to the world of business, both in terms of mentality and efficiency and approach to problem solving. But uh, we're lucky here uh, to have resources like the Louisiana Tech Park and people there have been an amazing help for us to guide us through uh, business aspect of things. And also, there's several resources at the university, uh, from the business school that we've... Uh, I've gotten to hire my VP of sales straight out of uh, the uh, floor uh MBA program okay. so, so we've got to use those resources has been very yeah. helpful to us
2: very wise so that's yeah. good so yeah. you feel like you you sort of have it under control now under your belt
3: yeah. I think yeah definitely learned a lot and uh, but this learning will just keep happening yeah. yeah that's the way I see learning so we're ready to grow and we're ready again to, to get more feedback and experience into the space uh, by working with the best. Mm-hmm.
2: And David, what about you? You're, you're a senior. You're mm-hmm. set to graduate in May of 2023. And so what is next for you? Do you want to continue with the safety pouch as the CEO and grow in this company with an exit strategy and then serial entrepreneur or am I getting ahead of myself? What are your plans? You
1: know, um, you know, when I initially started my college journey, you know, I was the goal was to finish up at Loyola, then go into law school and then the safety pouch happened. And so now it's just, you know, I want to see how far I can take it um, and just really just trying to do as much good as I can in the process um, and just really seeing where the wind takes me.
2: Well, David Price and Manos Hachopoulos, you both are such an inspiration and a reminder of how much intellectual and entrepreneurial capital and homegrown talent we have here in our midst. Thank you for all your hard work and both of you for sharing your great ideas and times and talents with me today on out to lunch
3: thank you
2: my guests today on out to lunch have been Manos Hachopoulos of Park Zen and David Price of the safety pouch We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about Park Zen and the safety pouch by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsbatonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric otts You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at, at ACRO. That's A C R E A U X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for its Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by JT O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three-Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane. Three-Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.